There has been a boom in the mental health telehealth space in recent years, driven in part by the COVID-19 pandemic, when an estimated one in three people sought mental health care via telehealth. Today, I'm joined by the founder of an early digital provider of mental health services. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily. It's Monday, November 13th. Thanks so much for joining us. On today's episode, Brightside Health CEO and founder Brad Kittredge joins the podcast. He founded Brightside in 2017. The company started out as a direct-to-consumer platform for mental health services and has since expanded to include partnerships with health insurers and other providers. Brad and I spoke in October while we both attended the annual health conference in Las Vegas. In the days before health got underway, Brightside announced that it was expanding its partnerships with national health insurers, including Centene and Optum, to provide greater access to its services for Medicare and Medicaid populations. The move now means Brightside's coverage network will be available to more than 100 million covered lives, with providers employed in all 50 states. As part of our conversation, Brad told me more about the scale of Brightside's business and the services it offers. We practice nationwide, so we offer care in all 50 states and D.C., and that care includes medication management for uh, mood and anxiety disorders, therapy, uh, as well as crisis care. Uh, and crisis care really means specific clinical protocols that you uh, need to offer someone when they have an elevated suicide risk. So it's not the same as the 988 number that someone may call in the moment um, or if they need to visit an ED, but it's really the, the next step that somebody would need. If you've got not only suicidal ideation, but if you're starting to make a plan, there are specific protocols that are different from standard you know, depression anxiety care that have been proven to be effective at reducing the risk and the likelihood that someone might follow through with a suicide. And so we added those into our protocol to be able to partner with payers and providers and, and really treat and specialize our care in those at the higher ends of severity and acuity who really need help the most. Now, Brightside Health just announced that um, they were going to be partnering with payers across the country to bring uh, these services to uh, Medicaid and Medicare beneficiaries which is unique. Many other behavioral health telehealth companies don't really do that or they haven't yet. Can you tell me a little bit more about why you wanted to step into this coverage? When I first started the company, I really realized that our work wasn't going to be done until we found a way to serve Medicaid. And um, we're six years in now and, and really proud that we are going to be able to do so now. And it takes a lot to get there. We all know that Medicaid as one example, but of course Medicare as well, these programs are really complicated. There are you know, a lot of regulatory requirements in terms of you know, your EHR, your reporting, the way you do your provider enrollment, um, and many other things. And then payment is challenging and complex, uh, certainly in pockets to say the least. And so our strategy as a company was to start with cash pay, direct to consumer, because it's so hard as a startup provider to get anyone's attention or trust, really. And so we knew that the first place we could build trust was with the patient. And what we did was we saw that a lot of the patients that we were attracting had insurance, but they were choosing to pay cash despite having a benefit because they were so dissatisfied with their in-network options. So we aggregated that data and looked at how well we were doing delivering care to those individuals and saw that it was phenomenal. We had great access, great care metrics, great outcomes, and great patient feedback. 
we packaged that up and we took that back to the payers, starting with the large national payers. And, and we essentially said, here are the results of the pilot you didn't know you were doing with us. Again, thinking about how do we ladder up in terms of building trust and credibility in an industry that's really drives on that. And we were very fortunate to get national contracts with Cigna and Aetna and United Healthcare in that way by demonstrating the impact we can make as a provider. And that's been also, you know, a, a really great path for us to extend into their other lines of business where we already have a relationship. We already understand the way that they want to deliver care and do business as a payer. And so, you know, very fortunate to sign an addendum to our contract to be able to support United Healthcare's Medicare Advantage members nationally. But also, you know, as soon as we realized we had the sophistication in our platform to take all of this complicated work that's required as part of delivering under these programs and really systematize it. We knew we can do you know, Medicare and Medicaid because the overlap in, in the program delivery was enough that we felt like we could take them on together and bring that value proposition to payers in the market to say, we can help you not only with the most severe and acute members driving a disproportionate share of your costs and delivering measurably better outcomes, but do it across all your program and service lines. And we know that patient demand um, is huge there, or the, really the mismatch between supply and demand, and also that payers ha- generally have a stronger incentive to try to be proactive in their care management in a population where they're actually holding more risk than they tend to uh, on average in the commercial population. So all those aligned to really getting us excited um, to tackle and systematize that complexity so that we can go serve that population that really needs our care more than anyone else. Now, I know Brightside has done some research into, you know, who can benefit from digital telehealth therapy. And sorry, I use those kind of interchangeably a lot. Um, And I'm curious what you found as part of that research, because there's been some, you know, pushback that uh, not not to you specifically, but broadly that some low-income folks maybe in rural areas might not have ready access to um, the technology needed to be able to take advantage of services like this. So I'm curious what you found as part of that research, certainly as it pertains to a population that you're now really trying to expand into to help. Yeah. I think it's worth acknowledging that different populations do have different needs. They have different uh, opportunities and different limitations, as well as different preferences in the way that they access care. So as we look at both a senior population and a low-income population, it's really important, one, as the first point, that we are confident that our care is going to be effective in those populations. Um, So the first thing we did before we uh, decided to move into these programs was to look at our existing patient populations. We knew that we had already treated many seniors and many people with low income, and we pulled out the data for those sub-segments specifically and, and evaluated our outcomes among those, and we were happy to find that we had consistent or better outcomes within those subpopulations. And we, we published both of those in peer review to show that. So that gave us confidence that when people engage on our platform, the care can be very effective um, and that we can go do it with confidence. That said, you know, that our platform was built for a more general population. So we know that there are many opportunities to continue to refine and customize the experience to really meet each of those populations and even segments within them where they are and where, um, with what they need out of care. So we're spending a lot of time really studying a lot of the things that happen upstream um, before somebody might come to Brightside and the way that they think about choosing care and the way that they start to build trust in a provider to make sure that we can extend that hand and bring them into care. And you're right that there are, in some cases, um, people who don't have access to technology. Fundamentally, as a technology-driven provider, those are not patients that we can serve directly. Um, We do know that there are a lot of programs with Medicaid plans where they do help 
people get access to devices when they need them, whether that's giving someone a device or a place that they might come and use a shared device. And so, you know, there are programs that we would collaborate with um, plans on or other you know, local resources to help people access the technology needed to access Brightside. But otherwise, we've seen that people really uh, do quite well. Certainly, you know, one key part is optimizing for mobile. Within a Medicaid population, you're going to see much higher mobile adoption and sort of ownership of smartphones than you are of computers. And so we've built our experience for mobile from the start so that it really works well on the small screen and, and in someone's pocket. On the other side of the spectrum, of course, there's the long-held belief that seniors aren't very savvy with technology and might have their own barriers to using a product like this. Um, to some degree, that's true. Um, my parents are 80, um, and they both have iPhones. They both use those iPhones daily. They know how to use apps and to text. And in our research, we found that you know there's a large cohort of seniors and Medicare beneficiaries who can use technology. Again, we can keep endeavoring to make it as simple as possible for them and looking at other things that they might need as wraparound services. So, for example, we think Medicare beneficiaries are more likely to want to speak to a human before they choose care, and so we're making it much easier to, to get in touch with and talk to somebody at Brightside before you make your first appointment just to make sure your questions are answered and that you understand how it works and that um, you feel comfortable and safe in getting that care. But again, otherwise, we, you know, we've seen seniors already engaging this way getting great results, and we think that you know it's going to be really the preferred method of getting care for more and more seniors. One thing I'm curious about is, naturally, you work with payers already, um, but has have there been any moves to work with you know, what we think of as more like traditional providers, maybe for referrals, anything like that, or is it, are you strictly going to be working with payers from here on out? Yeah, we know that Solving this problem requires working with payers and providers and to some degree, you know, all other stakeholders that you might think as involved. And so, you know, that could include care navigators or employers or federally qualified health centers and, and many more. But, you know, starting with payers and providers, yes, the payers all see who in their member populations need help. Um, they're the ones in many in these programs often bearing the cost of that and have the incentive to try to intervene and change some of those trends. And so it's, it's easy to see that way. On the provider side, you know, providers also have a, a lot of pain points around mental health care delivery. They often have long wait lists, um, you know, very limited supply of psychiatry. Often all of that falls onto primary care and the PCPs are overwhelmed and sort of underwater in terms of their ability to effectively treat mental health care. And so uh, there are a lot of opportunities with providers. In fact, you know, rolling out some really exciting programs looking at ED discharge and inpatient psychiatry discharge flows to make sure that we can support providers when they're moving people through these really, you know, high acuity challenging settings with patients that have this high elevated level of severity. But there are also, of course, you know, other use cases, just, you know, primary care referrals and collaborating with, with PCPs. And so, um, yeah, we're working at every level to make sure that um, providers can seamlessly refer to Brightside. We can help treat those patients and share data back in a very collaborative way. So how do providers fit into the work that you do? As we all know, there's a shortage of mental health providers in the U.S. that is really pervasive. It's particularly exacerbated among psychiatrists, but starting to be felt, I think, more and more among therapists. And as the demand increases and our supply and our ability to, to ramp up supply um, is limited, we've got to come up with a, a full range of solutions to try to address that. Fundamentally, you know, we've all thought about 
ways that we can use asynchronous care or technology to help offload some of the, the functions that providers do today. But I think the other thing that's just a really critical ingredient is understanding what do those providers want? What, what are they going to want to engage in and with to be able to deliver great care um, to be a key ingredient into those solutions going forward? It's easy to see a few things they don't want. They don't want to have a lot of time spent on administrative work and charting and billing. Um, they don't want to feel like their care decisions are compromised and that they have uh, incentives that they don't agree with. And they don't want to feel like cogs in a wheel that are just like doing the same thing over and over without appreciation for their great amount of training. And so for us, as we think about solutions going forward, as well as the, the care we're delivering today, um, I was really fortunate with my, my co-founder, Dr. Mimi Winsberg, that on day one of us working together, she said, you know, we need to pre treat providers like customers. We need to really understand what they want and what they care about. That started with building our technology in a way that makes their workflow really intuitive and efficient. We offload all the billing work from the provider. They don't do any billing. We endeavor to make our sort of charting and admin work as efficient as possible. And most importantly, to give providers a real relationship with the patient. Right? Getting back to the reason why they became providers in the first place, letting them spend a lot of time doing what they're great at and uh, little to no time doing the things that they don't want to do. Um, and so uh, there's a lot of space as an industry here to continue to get better at this, to really understand and listen to what providers want and respond to that, to empower them to be real parts of the solution um, and to complement their skills, to level up their skills and help them practice at the top of their licenses in a way that gets you know, the best providers and the care, the care types to the, the patients who need it the most. Um, and so you know, I think there's a lot more dialogue that we collectively as an industry can have to make sure that we truly understand that provider voice and that we're setting them as a center part of the equation. That was Brad Kittredge, founder and CEO of Brightside Health, a mental health digital platform that provides therapy, prescription services, and more. Brad and I spoke at Health in October on the heels of Brightside's announcement that it would begin working with payers to provide services to Medicare and Medicaid populations. This is Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Jake Carlisle Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the program. We'll be back with healthcare business and policy news updates tomorrow, as always, in 10 minutes or less. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at gisthealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly Gist. The Gist Healthcare Daily Podcast is an independent production of Gist Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company.